0: yeah yeah i think we're good this time around man it's that's pretty funny i appreciate you jumping on the show dude i mean i'm loving the office setup it looks slick you can tell that you're you got your shit together for lack of a better term you know
1: yeah man i appreciate it it's a little space i just moved up moved out here, so uh i got nothing nothing hanged up hung up yet so it's kind of empty but i'll start i'll start making it mine
0: there you yeah. go i mean you got you got the key component back there, which is the piano, which, you know, I would urge anybody who, who wants to follow Moose on Instagram. It's Moose underscore seven, seven, seven. Got to follow him on Instagram and check out his little man jamming that piano, dude. It's great.
1: Crazy, right? <laughs> he, he's just, it's actually like a, a two for one, two for one. He he's, he's able to stand up now. He stands up and he, he plays. He can't even see the keys, but he's uh, <laughs>
0: It. how old is he uh
1: eight
0: months oh wow that's crazy yeah. super fresh what i mean this is an impossible question to answer and i know that going in but how has fatherhood kind of changed your life i mean i've only i've been following you on instagram for a little while now and it's pretty clear that that's you know your world man how what's that change been like for you uh, it's
1: it, it's been a huge change but you know it, it's definitely it's definitely a blessing uh but I mean, it, it, there's a lot, I mean, what, you know, when he first, you know, when he first was born, it was tough, really tough. And, you know, obviously you have a newborn, you, you're not getting any sleep, you you know, trying to figure out all these, all these little nuances and things that you, you never even thought of before, because, you know, before you kind of self-absorb, you know, what's best for me, what do I feel like doing, what do I feel like, you know, going to eat right now, you know, then your whole life becomes, you know, this baby won't stop crying, you know, what, what do I need to do, need to burp them that need to feed them like what's going on you know all these little all these little things you know um so that's 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 the first part but then as he, as as he got older you know he starts communicating and he starts kind of giving you that feedback you, re- you really start to appreciate it kind of kind of look at life a little different and I uh, also learn to you know kind of appreciate your parents and all everything they've done for you and you know things like that so I'd say that's that that that's been the main thing, just kind of looking at myself like, wow, man, my, my dad, you know, had me around this day, or maybe a little older, but a couple years older, but he was kind of in the same, same predicament. My dad was fighting as well. He had, he had a kid and, uh, you know, had to take care of him. So it just made me kind of step back and like, you know, give my pops a, a thank you, you know.
0: Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that, man. And, and I'm not I'm not a father, nor am I a fighter. But I would imagine that being on a career path like this, like fighting, you see so many dudes say, you know, if you want to get to the top, it has to basically be your whole life. Like you have to be all in, you have to be 100% bought in. So I can't imagine how hard that is to balance new fatherhood with an actual fighting career. So like what, what challenges have you kind of come across with that and how have you been able to navigate it?
1: Yes, I think that's definitely a, 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 you know, hurdle for a lot of people. My my dad was a boxer and uh, at a certain point he had to kind of put that on hold for for us, you know, and, uh, you know, he he was working as well, you know, trying to save up money and obviously give us everything, you know, that that we needed. So there's obviously a, a hurdle there, but also, like you said, fighting, man, it's a, it's a, it's a tough sport, tough on your body, you know, you're, after you get done training, you just want to go home and yeah. rest, you know, relax. But, you know, when I come home, I got an energetic kid ready, to, ready to play. So I have to, so I have to be ready to, you know, make time for him. Um, but for me, it, it hasn't been the hardest because, you know, I've been able to, um, you know, I started a company, I'm able, able to have different sorts of income. So I'm not, you know, working a full-time job. I couldn't imagine, you know, having a kid, work, working a full-time job, and, you know, trying to be a good father, that, we, that you know, my dad was doing that. I'm sure a lot of other fighters are, are doing that. Um, so just fighting alone and then coming home and having time with the kid, you know, for me, it's, it's a blessing that I'm able to kind of, uh, I've, I've got stuff going on where I'm able to make some money and pay the bills and also, you know, have a lot of free time. So it's kind of a, it's just a great, especially here at State College, it's a great A great situation for me yeah man for the
0: family no that's incredible and for people maybe just joining the podcast or just getting caught up this is i'm gonna i'm gonna probably butcher your last name man and i apologize for that my last name's homestack so i'll i'll like make you feel a little better about it because everybody always messes up my last name too so now it's like my chance to ruin somebody's last name but we're here with musa al-sulaimani and That uh, that was really good Nice, nice. I'm proud, proud of myself right now. So he went to Penn State. He was the 2019 national champion boxer out of Penn State, two-time All-American. And now he's training at ATT Happy Valley alongside, you know, all those studs there, Bo Nickel, Anthony Kassar, Jason Nolf, all those guys there at ATT Happy Valley. And he's 1-0 and in his young MMA career. And um, I'm going to just show the finish for everybody. I think I can share my screen here. So, I got your finish pulled up on Instagram. I'm going to share it because, like I just said, national champion boxer making his MMA debut. You can probably guess how this is going to go, right? All right. Let's uh let's share this boy. Boom. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly what you expect. Boxer making his MMA debut. He goes out <laughs> and guillotines a dude. This is beautiful. I think also, I know there was no audio on that, but if you do play the audio, one of my favorite parts is, I think it's your opponent's corner saying, he doesn't have it, he ain't got it, he ain't got it. So it's just, it's kind of funny because obviously you had it. But dude, that that's crazy because it just goes to show kind of the training there at ATT Happy Valley, right? Like I expect, obviously, anybody who knew about you going into that fight thought it would be a knockout. Or you know that you would handle the handle it on the feet, which you did wobble him right before that, and that's kind of why he shot. You can tell from the video, but but what was it like to go out and get a freaking submission in your MMA debut?
1: Oh, uh, it was it was it was crazy. It was cool, but just like you said, you know, goes back to the training, and, and it's kind of uh, to add on to that. Uh, Bo that night wind up knocking his guy out. Yeah, so he he's obviously a great wrestler, and then he got the knockout, and then, you know, a little before then, I I submitted the guy as a boxer, and obviously that was kind of the, the thing that night, the commentators were saying, uh, you know, the boxer got the submission, and then the wrestler got the, the knockout, but yeah, that just kind of kind of shows, you know, how we have, you know, a lot of really talented specialist uh, guys at the gym, and we're kind of, you know, picking, picking each other's brains, and, and um we're, you know, we got people from Ends of the spectrum, and we're kind of you know starting to come come together and kind of cross try to cross those paths. But the, the submission itself, I mean, it was it, it was awesome. I mean, it was, a, it was a crazy experience going from boxing to MMA. Um, you know, it was in the ring, so it was it was I felt right at home yeah. in, in that aspect. But just just all the just all the training and everything. I mean, I went in really confident and uh, ready to go. I mean, even I mean definitely. And, and the beginning of the fight came out wild, you know, through a big shot. And it's sometimes when, when things are a little unorthodox, it, it kind of throws you off, you know, because obviously I've gone against maybe a sharper technical boxer in that way. And sometimes they'll come really sharp and, you know, you got to be on your P's and Q's. But this guy just came swinging, really, really no technique. But in a way, sometimes that can be difficult because you're like, dang, I haven't seen this since, you know, the amateurs, really young when we had guys just swinging you know and you know since then you know the level gets pretty technical and so when he came out swinging I was like all right this is a little different than what I'm used to but you know I'm used to seeing the punches coming kind of avoided it and you know kind of engaged and then like you said after I hit him he shot in and then that's when everything that you know all the new training with Bo and uh, our coaches, Coach Marcel, and all their other all their other guys in the gym. You know just going with them and kind of just click, sprawled out, jumped on the guillotine. I actually kind of had I had a when I sprawled out and I had him. I was thinking in my head, all right, I'm gonna just push the head, let him back up, and it was like you know what, like this is MMA now. Let me let me just let me just get you know knees deep right now and just. <laughs> jump into it.
0: That's hilarious, man. Because I mean, most boxers transitioning over would do exactly what you said, you know, avoid the ground at all costs. But I mean, it just circles back. Like you said, Coach Marcel obviously does an incredible job with you guys there at ATT. And, mm-hmm. and it's cool, man. What I think is really, really awesome about what you guys have going on there is you, you basically said it, but it's like, Bo, obviously, his wrestling, you don't get much better at wrestling than Bo Nickel and the rest of the guys you have there. You know, all these national champions, that's, you know, as good as it gets for you. And then you're bringing the boxing side, the stand-up. You guys, your stand-up coach as well, obviously, is incredible Muay Thai. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting blend of people. For, for somebody like you, who a national champion boxer coming into MMA, everybody would know right away what's he need to work on the most, probably his wrestling. I mean, what better way to get wrestling, you know, to get up to speed wrestling than to go with Bo Nickel every day, man? What's that? What's it been like for you, that process in terms of did did it feel like you got thrown into the deep end, you know, too quickly? Or was it just from day one? Like, okay, man, this is where I'm at now. I got I got to learn or I'm just never going to develop.
1: Oh, you know, I didn't I I didn't feel like I was, you know, thrown in too deep um, because obviously Bo's a great, great, great training partner. Uh, great to work with, and uh, you know, he kind of brought me in and uh, started showing me the, the ropes early. And I had a lot of other guys, um, you know, my buddy Levko, who was a wrestler at Penn State. He took me in even a little bit before then and really showed me the ropes, the technique, uh, true wrestling uh, technique, and things like that. And then you know, we have our coaches, Coach Marcel, Coach Tun, and um, it, it really wasn't a, a uh, a, a crazy transition but but like you said in, in the beginning i'm you know i saw it as a great opportunity for me you know i mean I've, I've 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 fought all my life you know so it's not even though it's a different um you know martial art and you know wrestling compared to boxing um, i think a lot there's a lot of crossover in terms of the mentality you have to have the mindset um and um, so a lot, a lot of that carried over and that's just that competitiveness to, to want to compete. But then obviously there's, you know, there's levels and there's, there's steps that you have to take <clears throat> take when learning something new and um, they did a great job of kind of just, you know, bringing me in, <clears throat> bringing me in little by little, you know, learning new stuff every day, starting to go. And there's, there's also, there's tons of guys in there from, you know, jujitsu to wrestling, um, all kinds of different levels. So you kind of, you kind of builds your way up, you know,
0: absolutely, man. What made you choose, you know, going for a career in MMA versus pro boxing? I mean, that's kind of the obvious transition for you. What made you kind of come this way?
1: Yeah, I had, a, I had, um, you know, some some people reach out and try to get me to sign with a, a, a boxing promotion. Um, but uh, the, the well, one of the reasons you know, I, I got the no Bo for a little bit, he kind of shared the know his aspiration in MMA and uh, I thought that that was really interesting um, and then about my my senior year of college I started you know getting into wrestling a little bit you know where I'm from Philadelphia wrestling is not a big thing at all you know my high school we didn't even have wrestling Wow. You know, I mean we didn't have it in middle, middle school any local rec centers or anything we had there was no wrestling you know it's all all boxing football basketball um so growing up I just was not exposed to that and, and then uh when I met uh Bo you know I, I started I went to one of the matches and I'm like damn this is cool this is a cool environment especially yeah. at Penn State Rec Hall I'm like this is this is awesome like I want to I want to I want to get involved like learn something new so I went to uh I went to the club Penn State uh club started working with working with some of those guys um, and they kind of showed me the ropes and little by little, I just kind of fell in love with it, you know, started naturally pick, picking some things up. And then um, from then, you know, Bo shared his, uh, you know, his future uh, goals in terms of, you know, going into MMA and I kind of just see him as a, uh, as just an opportunity, Um, you know, in boxing, a lot of times, there's guys that I grew up with, you know, that were 16 years old, 17 years old, they turn pro right away. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't take the college route because a lot of those guys, especially where I'm from, they're e- either they go right into working or they, they they turn to fighting and they need to pay the bill. So they're not going to wait until they're, you know, 22 or 23, 24. They're going to go right, you know, either try to go to, to the Olympics, Olympics right away and then turn pro. So a lot of those guys are turning pro at 16 and, you know, I mean, there's some guys like, there's a guy who's a, who's a world champion right now, who was one of the first guys that ever sparred. He's just now getting his, uh, getting a title shot. Uh, Well, he actually got a title shot. He he won the, he won the belt. Um, But there's guys like that, you know, a lot of training partners that they're now just getting it and they turn pro at 16 years old. So that's 10 years of experience. And they're just now getting that shot. So for me coming out of college, at you know 23 years old you know to start there obviously i'll have a, a a jump with the the background i have but you know we're still talking a long time to to you know get to get fights and um, try to get a title shot at like 30 something yeah it, it, it's a it's it's kind of crazy but uh so it's a and, and, and mma it seems a little bit um A little bit better in that aspect, where you can kind of, you know, get in there, you know, leave your mark, and um, hopefully, um, you know, try to try to get a title, get a title shot a little earlier. You know, you don't have to wait 15 years to, you know, try to get a big fight.
0: Absolutely, that it's super interesting, man. I think that's a really cool transition for you to acknowledge that and you know that's credit to Bo and everybody around you as well kind of helping you out obviously but what you said something super interesting there I wanted to touch on when you went to, to the wrestling club which everybody knows you know how elite that wrestling club is there and you said you liked it at first you know most dudes I don't think like wrestling right away especially getting into it late you know most most guys start wrestling when they're three years old basically and then that's their lifestyle they get it but everybody always talks about the grind of a wrestler being so different and i know a lot of guys who come over to mma from other backgrounds and they loathe wrestling day at the gym you know like they just don't want to wrestle what was it about wrestling that you you said you actually enjoyed it like that's surprising to me to hear that you liked it what what was it about it
1: i don't know i kind of uh I kind of enjoyed, but well, I, I really enjoyed the technical aspect of it. Even in boxing, uh, when I when I'm coaching people, I really like to coach the you know really solid technique and fundamentals. And um, you know, Levko started working with me. Started you know started really technical, just the, the basics. And um, so that that was that was interesting in the beginning because it's it's a very technical sport, you know. And for me, just watching it in the beginning, it's like all these two guys are just like trying to slam each other when in yeah. reality, that's the, the, that's the farthest thing from it. It's a, a, lot of technique. Um, and really fundamentally just, you have to be fundamentally sound to be a good wrestler, especially at, at, at a high level. But also, you know, I enjoyed kind of using what I've learned in boxing to kind of set myself apart a little bit in a way where, uh, I kind of, there's some, uh, i watch watched some wrestlers and, and, you know, I like to take what, what they're good at, but then also maybe add a little boxing footwork at their head movement, try to slip under an arm and, you know, things like that. So it was, it was really interesting for me to maybe have a little success at certain things that, you know, people were like, wow, that's, that's, a, I've never seen that before. I've never seen someone like shoot in like a, you know, boxer or use my hands and head movement like that with, with that. I don't know. It was just a, it just I just uh, kind of gel with it well, you know, and I, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed wrestling in particular.
0: That's awesome. It reminds me, man, it's funny to hear you say that because what you just talked about reminded me of something you said earlier, <laughs> how for you as a boxer, when, when this guy comes out super wild and unorthodox, it's like, man, I haven't seen this in a long time. Like, like your wrestling was probably like that to them. Like uh, we've never seen somebody wrestle like this. Like he's not doing the fundamental things, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> moving around, kind of, you know, trying to throw them off, pivoting around, and you know, shooting, and you know, obviously, there's a really good technique, a fundamentals are gonna, you know, surpass uh, uh, just a unorthodox style, but definitely in the beginning, you're like, well, this is this is unorthodox.
0: Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to see kind of you develop that hybrid style, I guess you could call it. I'm not sure what you call it exactly. But that conversation in general is always it's so interesting to me, man, because I was talking to Cody Garbrandt years ago and he was talking about how some of his early this was like in the very beginning of his UFC run. And he was talking about how some of his amateur fights were actually harder for him. Than some of his pro fights and especially those early UFC fights because of exactly what you said. He's like, I've been boxing my whole life and these dudes are doing things that I've never seen. Like I boxed a very particular professional way my whole life. So when these guys start coming out and they're very unorthodox, they're throwing weird strikes from weird angles. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't how you fight. And that actually makes it harder for somebody who's been training a certain way, like like you and like Cody was early on. So that always stuck with me when he said that. So I think it's pretty cool that you acknowledge that as well. I mean, it's a weird thing, right? Like it's kind of an X factor, but as you go up the ranks, that kind of starts to disappear a little bit. Like that gets taught out of guys. Is there, is there like, can you even teach that? Is there a value to somehow teaching an unorthodox style?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I would say a lot of, a lot of it comes with, um, I, I guess, as you get, as you progress in a in a sport, a lot of stuff that you you did that's unorthodox. There's a there's a high risk involved. So it's I think it's a kind of a risk analysis. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I could come wild and swing, but you know, now I'm leaving myself open to get countered. You know, like in the amateurs, um, a lot of guys in the amateur boxing, when uh, especially younger, they come out swinging. You know, and they don't get countered as much. Maybe the guy gets flustered. He starts swinging back and it becomes a brawl. As you get more advanced, you know, maybe you throw a wild shot. The guy steps back and he counters over the top. So now you're thinking, you know, I can't be so careless with my with my shot. And now the guys hit harder, they're faster. Every shot's going to make a difference, you know, and that's why in the pros, sometimes in, in boxing, you see a lot of guys just, you know, standing toe to toe and no one's throwing a punch because no one wants to make that first mistake. Right. As you, as you progress you know there's there's definitely you know you're you're, you're thinking three steps ahead you know both guys are th- thinking three steps ahead and no one wants to make that careless mistake um, whereas in in the beginning you know you don't even you're not even thinking any steps ahead and you're just like I'm just gonna go try to knock this guy out yeah so I, I that's kind of I think as as you progress in your career and as the talent gets better those those uh, unorthodox uh, mistakes kind of get washed out and sometimes you know it it, it could catch someone off guard if you kind of throw that in there so in a way um, you know it's always that I've always I've always had the mindset of really learning the technical side first the fundamentals and then you kind of do something unorthodox you know maybe like a superman punch or or something but if you kind of learn that you kind of learn those unorthodox things in the beginning and your fundamentals are not sound, you know, it could be a high price to pay if you, if you miss or, or you, or you, you know, leave yourself open. Um, so that's kind of where, 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 what I think about, you know, nice.
0: mm-hmm. For sure, dude, is, is the rest of the MMA game as fun to you to learn, you know, kicks, jujitsu <laughs> is all of that as fun as wrestling and boxing to you or, or do you want to be kind of a wrestle boxer like how, how do you see your style developing over the years uh,
1: for me I, I think my, my coaches and man they make it, they make it awesome like really fun that you know uh, coach Marcel <clears throat> coach Marcel teaching God uh, jujitsu. I mean he's such, such a good coach in, in the way he kind of uh, you know maybe he'll teach you one thing and then teach you another thing he won't tell you how they connect and then you know uh, you'll get in a move and he'll say you will just look at you, and you're like, "Oh my God!" All right, <laughs> nice. That. And then you start piecing, the, you know, the puzzle together, and so that that's really fun. You know, to kind of see see stuff like that kind of coming together, and then you know, my other coach, uh, Coach Ton, uh, he's uh, he makes. I mean, he's a he really will make you work. You know, like when he holds pads, it's 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 very tough. So um, you know it may be discouraging for a, a lot of people in the beginning, but when you see the reward, you know, you see yourself getting shape and, and stuff like that, you, you, you appreciate it. So I definitely appreciate, you know, the, the, the aspect that he brings to our, our training and um, yeah, just the, the kicking and, and stuff like that, man, it's a, uh, it's very different for me, even I would say sometimes more than wrestling. Because in boxing, it's all about really keeping a solid base. And every movement, you you never want to be off balance. You always want to, you know, always be able to shoot a punch at any second. So for me to then have to get off one leg, and, and uh, it, it's, almost, uh, it's almost harder to learn, you know. And uh, But for me, like a challenge like that is, is exciting. And it and it and it opens the doors, you know, seeing a lot of different counters. Like instead of a step back right hand, step back kick, you know, there's, it kind of opens the doors, and that that that's always uh, fun to learn. Mm-hmm. And then you have some crazy, some kind of crazy kicks every now and then. We we just for fun go over. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's fun, but uh, yeah, I, I I enjoy I enjoy it all. I enjoy piecing it all together.
0: And, nice. Uh, yeah. So we won't be seeing any, you know, spinning wheel kicks from you for a while inside the cage, at least. Hey, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, never know.
1: Yeah, you never know. I mean, if I would have said that my first fight I would have finished the guy with submission, uh, you know, if I if I if I could have guessed that, I would have been lying. If I said it. I thought that would have happened. So uh, who knows? You know, I've been working it a lot, so a lot of kicks. So nice. I could definitely add that in. Yeah.
0: Do you train in the gi or is it mostly no gi or, or how do you do it?
1: Uh, we do a little bit of both, um, but a, a lot of times no gi. Uh, but yeah, we, we have gi days, no gi days. Um, aside from our, aside from our trainings, uh, they also, we also, uh, our coaches teach classes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just strictly jujitsu classes. And you know, we have all guys from all over and, and, and ladies, you know, we have a few ladies guys all over come and um, they have practice every, almost every night and uh, they have gi days, no gi days. So sometimes I'll uh, join in on those practices um, just to get a, a different feel,
0: you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think for anybody, anybody listening, ATT, American top team, happy Valley there. I don't know, is that technically State College or is it called Pleasant Gap? It's, it's, it's not really State College, it's, is it? Uh,
1: uh, Pleasant Gap is, is uh, pretty much State College. It's just yeah, right. Right there. It's right by the mall. Yeah. Uh, it's right by um, uh, Walmart and Sam's Club right there. And then you drive about five minutes over, there's uh,
0: yeah. Pleasant Gap. Cool. So it's kind
1: of right on right on the border between State College and Pleasant Gap.
0: <laughs> Yeah, just definitely wanted to give a shout out for that for anybody in that region looking to start training because as Moose has talked about me and the coaching there is phenomenal the level of competition and sparring partners and training partners there is unbelievable. I think you guys are doing something super special there you know when we were down we visited, um, me, the owner, Ryan and our matchmaker, Jim Mooney, we visited a couple months ago and I was personally just blown away, man. Like for, for a brand new gym, that place is freaking beautiful. And what you guys are doing there is really special. So I think it's, it's crazy for you, for Bo, for all these guys, you know, coming out of elite college athletic careers, transitioning to MMA, it's like, that's gotta be heaven for you guys, right? That's like the perfect way to do it.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. It's a, it's a brand new facility. Uh, there is obviously we have our training, um and obviously that's great. Best I mean, I think some of the best coaches in the world, you know, um without a doubt, best training partners you you could ask for and then you know the other classes that I mean, we offer and the same coaches teach those classes. So, you know, when you come to America Top team, you know, you're you're not just getting a jujitsu class, you're getting a jujitsu class with you know, Coach Marcel. Are you going to get jujitsu, or are you getting a, a, uh, a Muay Thai class from Coach Tun? And you know, I teach boxing uh, three days a week. So you're getting uh, you're getting coached up by uh, some some of the best, and uh, that 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 means a lot, you know, because you can there's many ways to learn learn something, and uh, whether it's jujitsu, boxing, wrestling. Uh, it, it, there's there's a trillion different ways you can learn it. and to learn from the best that's a that's that's really like a privilege you know it's huge i would i would, I would recommend any anyone who wants to learn anyone who has any desire to learn boxing jiu jitsu uh muay thai uh self defense if you if you if you want to you know kind of uh get involved with any of that i would 100% stop that yeah.
0: No doubt, man. I mean, just the name—you know, American Top Team. Everybody who follows MMA at all knows what that name means, and and this affiliate in Happy Valley for sure carries on that tradition that you would expect the the quality to be of American Top Team. So, I know Bo has trained down in Coconut Creek a lot. Is that kind of like—is there an open invite for you guys? Like, if you ever wanted to go down there, could you just pop into a class, or is there a connection there? Yeah, I believe they. The, uh, there's a.
1: There's a. Con- Definitely a connection between just through American Top Team, and then uh, always connect, connection with a lot of coaches out there. So does our coaches; they they have a kind of an open door with a lot of those coaches out there. So, and a, uh, sometimes the, the guys from there will maybe come here, and uh, we'll go up there sometimes. So, yeah, it's a it's kind of a obviously we're an affiliate, but definitely we can uh,
0: the same train. family.
1: They can come down here and train and. It's, it's, it's
0: a big family right that that's crazy man I love like I said you know multiple times I just love what you guys are doing there I think the quality of fighter is going to be very evident you guys are all still so young in your careers which is the really cool part is that we're kind of at a place where we can watch your careers really take shape and how it's going to plan out and you mentioned Bo kind of having a map and outline that he was sharing with you kind of for his career which made me wonder you know where Where do you want to go with your career? How do you see this play out? What kind of speed do you want to take it at? You know, what, how are you mapping out your MMA career?
1: Yeah, I, uh, right now, obviously, just uh, kind of put everything together, develop that style, take, uh, you know, all the years of boxing that I've, I've done, kind of start gearing it more towards MMA, obviously, you know, build my wrestling skills and repertoire, and then also, jiu-jitsu and then just start to start to put put that game together and while doing that you know obviously get a, uh, a handful of amateur fights just to build build that uh that experience i think that's sometimes one of the most important things just to have the, that experience uh so hopefully uh, you know get a, get a handful of amateur fights to, to, to until i really feel comfortable um with you know my style And then, you know, hopefully try to
0: uh, turn pro. That's perfect. And I know we texted about this a little bit. I didn't want to just, you know, bring it up on the podcast out of nowhere. But Moose was actually planning to fight for us on February 5th at Braw the Berg 10. So this is kind of why why we're talking you know why he's on the podcast if anybody's like you know why why this guy from happy valley but besides the fact that he's in pennsylvania doing great things you know he was actually gonna fight for us february 5th but unfortunately had a little bit of a setback and and may need a little procedure to get tuned up before he's ready to roll man i can't like i'm trying to put myself in your shoes which is usually what i do you know all the time like i always try to say like what are what are they feeling what are they going through before i react to it and like for you man just starting out coming off that huge win like what a what a terrible time right to need a procedure and not be able to just continue your career and keep that momentum rolling like how are you going to deal with this time off and this little pause because I know you're ready to go
1: yeah for me I I I, um I feel best when I when I'm active uh you know when I was boxing I uh it's I mean as soon as the fight ends I'm like if they would put another fight right in front of right now, this would be the best time because obviously your adrenaline's going. You're like, I, I can take on anyone. Yeah. And, um, but you know, so I had that one fight, and then you know, obviously you came to me with that opportunity, and I was like, you know, let's let's do this. Let's keep the keep the ball rolling. Uh, you know, maybe take a month or two in between and just keep keep it going. Um, so when when I had to, uh, you know, when I understood, I had to get this. Uh, the surgery, obviously it's a, it, it, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, I've, I've had setbacks, uh, in my life all the time. And I just, I tend to not look at the negative side of it, uh, and just tend to look at the positive. So for me, it's a, it's a chance to, uh, you know, obviously the surgery will help me, uh, physically, but also, uh, it, 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 the time off will allow me to really recover and, uh it, it shouldn't be too much time off to where I can't start running and, and doing things like that and focusing on, on other things that I can work on, you know, maybe hit the weight room and, uh, you know, things like that before I can start getting back into sparring. And, and then hopefully right, right after I'm cleared to go, um, hopefully just start fighting again
0: yeah yeah that'd be sick man and and i mean we do uh, you know i'm just gonna throw it out there we have may 14th in johnstown if everything goes perfectly you know i think johnstown is obviously a perfect fit for you guys for your whole team that's right down the road you said you used to train there a lot used to box there a lot so you guys i think att happy valley could absolutely do work at a johnstown show yeah that'd be
1: awesome man we used to go out there all the time and uh uh you know box some of the guys out there they had like a warehouse where they trained um, they had some good work out there so it's it's close to home i'm sure we can get a, you know a big showing from the, the home you know home crowd but that that'd be that'd be awesome i mean hopefully everything goes well and i'll be ready to go by then if not then let bring the next one
0: off definitely man you you mentioned you know hitting the weight room which made me think of something i saw you know you boxed at 175 i believe in college and I saw this graphic, I forget where I even saw it, but I was just kind of doing my research, you know, doing my private detective stuff for you. But I, I saw this graphic and it, the question was the most weight you ever cut. And you and it said 10 pounds, which is an extremely low amount by MMA standards. Do you think that like you're fighting at welterweight, do you expect to get a little heavier than 180 in your off time and cut down? Or do you want to kind of just stay in that 180 range?
1: Yeah, I mean uh... – uh, I guess for now, I guess the weight cut for me is not a, not a huge uh, concern. I um, more so I think that the technique and and everything like that plays a much bigger factor at this stage than than weight. So that's kind of where I'm really focusing on. On you know my last fight, I, I fought at 175. About the last MMA fight was 175, and the guy came in like 175. I came in like 171 or mm-hmm. 17. One or two with my hoodie and, and pants on, so I was that's much funny. lighter. I was much lighter than him, but obviously the technique and the 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 skill uh, was superior. But so I think that that that's my main focus. But as I get, you know, as I go on, uh, and you know, hopefully turn pro, that's definitely something that I'll have to talk about with my coaches, my uh, my coach Ton. You know, he, He says he says I'm a 155, but you know I I I don't I don't necessarily like to cut it as much weight. Uh, When we when I boxed, it was safe day weigh in, and when Mm -hmm. we had nationals or or regionals, it was you know you fought every day. So when you fight every day, you get a pound, but you know you can't you could not cut 20 pounds and be able to survive. You know you had to kind of be somewhere you know on weight. So. it's it's a much different game now that you have a a day you know or so maybe a little more at some some events but you have a little bit of time to recover get that get your uh, uh water weight back and and kind of get your uh, you know everything replenished uh, so it's a, it's a little bit of a different game uh, so I'll have to I just have to talk with the, my coaches and just see what's best but I, for right now I'm a, about a 170.
0: Dude, dude, that's an interesting conversation, I think, because we see a lot of guys back in the day, back in the day, like 2008, 9, 10. I remember when the UFC was like in its heyday, the thinking was, you know, be as huge as possible. Like Brock Lesnar came and then every heavyweight wanted to be 265, wanted to push the limit. And then that just trickled down. Everybody wanted to be as big as possible for their weight class. But now it seems like guys are fighting a lot closer to their natural kind of walk around weight. I, we've seen guys, you know, Dustin Poirier moves up in weight and has way more success. Robert Whitaker another guy moves up in weight, has way more success. We see guys now kind of understanding that maybe it's not always about cutting the most weight, but being the healthiest, best version of yourself. And if that's you at 170, then that's you at 170. You know, you say you weighed in at 171 wearing some clothes. Did you cut weight at all? Or was that just what you weighed at the time?
1: Yeah, I really didn't cut weight at all. I mean, I I was already actually I was I was trying to gain weight. <laughs> to be honest, I was. Uh, we were at American Top Team, and uh, Bo was kind of. He just had a. He, he was. He was gradually cutting and and you know kind of tapering down. I was trying to <laughs> gradually increase. That's crazy. Kind of, kind of meet that way. My guy came in. He they asked if I could fight him a little bigger. So it, it was a uh, it, it was okay, but he. Uh, you know, I try to I try to close that gap down a little bit, but even with that, and we were kind of training, and the training wasn't crazy the last couple of days because obviously you kind of tapering the training down, but just I still was not getting too much. But uh, you know, if if I will stay at one seventy, you know, I'll hit the weight room and kind of you know put a little bit of weight just because just to take down that water weight. But yeah, yeah I think um for me it's a uh. uh the, the, the bigger issue for me or or what I think is my priority is my is my mental mental state going into the fight and if I'm miserable and cutting weight and I don't you know mentally feel my best um, I think that plays a, a bigger factor than if you know I was a lot bigger and I and, and I cut down but I felt like you know garbage you know right because then you know me- I think mental is a uh, almost more than the physical a lot of times because if, you, if your mind doesn't tell your body to do it you know it, you'll just you'll just stand there
0: yeah so I think
1: for me that's that's the that's the bigger issue
0: that's obviously the you hear so many quotes so many cliches you know fighting's 90 percent mental 99 percent mental however they usually say it but it's absolutely true man that's what everybody i've ever talked to in this space will will tell you that And it's interesting, you know, coming from your background, uh, your distinguished boxing background, I assume being in those big moments on the big stage, you've fought under pressure many times, but how much different was it making that walk for MMA for the first time knowing, you know, this is a brand new sport, almost almost anything can happen in there. Like how different did it feel from you versus, say, you know, one of your national championship bids? Yeah, it was – I mean, obviously
1: the – there's a lot that carries over. Um, you know, I, I say to myself, you know, I've been here before and, and I have, so it, it, it you know, it, it was, there's a lot that, you know, carried over, but in a way it was a, it was a crazy experience. You know, it was a, it was, it was pretty surreal. I mean, just, uh, just hearing it's totally, it's just much different. I mean, even just walking out with no shoes, you know, feel the cold ground. It's just, it, there's little things that you don't think of that, um, it's, I've been boxing for so long that I, there's little things that I'm used to that were just totally different or even just the the wraps the way they were wrapping my hands you know and I was you know going back and forth with them making sure they do it certain ways but they, you know <laughs> just the way they were uh, you know you have those gloves and everything like that but um yeah I mean and, and, you know there was a funny funny part of it where there were in the beginning when the uh, the official was um, pretty much giving us the rules and and, and the regulations and everything, and he, it, it was so it was. I remember just, you know, hearing him talk, and just think like this is nuts, you know. He <laughs> was like, you know, flying knees. Uh, just, I mean, I, I can't say exactly what he was saying, but he's like, you know, I will, I won't stop this fight until <laughs> until someone uh, either it goes to the judges or someone is incapable of. Fighting
0: anymore, you know. So, I'm just, you know, it was funny. I remember just in that moment, like just laughing, like this is nuts. At the same time, I was like, let's get it. It's exciting, right? I mean, how cool was it to be alongside Bo? And I think Bo was actually Bo had already won once before that, right? He was one and zero on the card Mm -hmm. you guys fought at. So, what was it like having him with you? And he already went through it once, so I'm sure he was helping you through it too.
1: Yeah, it's always great to have a teammate. Uh, you know, especially uh, traveling to fight, it's always great to have a, a, a teammate. I know I talked to him, and he he said um, it was it was a lot uh, better for him when, when I was there the second time. Just having someone to you know hang out with and uh, train with and and go out there and fight with, because you know you, you have a team, you have you have someone else going out there. It's almost a it's like a, a brotherhood. You know, your your homie's gonna go out there and fight and then you're going to go out there and fight as well. You know, it's, it, and the fighting can be a, a lonely sport. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of uh, create a team atmosphere around that. Um, I, I I played football in high school, and, you know, there was there was obviously nerves and things like that, but going into a football game and, and all your boys are right there, ready to go to war with you. You're just – you're fired up, you know, there's, there's, and you have to do your part. Yeah. So in the same way, it's like, you know – I'm going to go out there and fight and I going to go out there and put his body on the line and fight. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to go out there and do our thing.
0: So. Nice. What position did you play in football?
1: I was a quarterback. Played quarterback. Nice. Cool. Yeah.
0: There you go. Are you an Eagles fan? I, I feel like I shouldn't ask, but. I Yeah, I am an Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. This pod, the podcast was going so well until he we found <laughs> out he was an Eagles fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're Steelers guys out here, man. You know, it's like
1: I actually, I actually grew up like the Steelers. I, 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 when my my dad made me pick a favorite team, he was like, "You gotta pick your favorite team. You can't keep,
0: yeah, it. yeah, right."
1: Circles and uh, I remember uh, I was just waiting for the bus, and I remember seeing this uh this magazine with uh, I think it was the the Steelers just beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I was like, all right, you know what? Still is my team. So you
0: <laughs> could say that. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, we'll, we'll count it. I'll take it, man. But I did, I wanted to circle back to something here because you said something really interesting about when they were wrapping your hands, you know, like it was important to you that they wrapped them the right way. And I'm going to share my screen again because this was crazy, man. You were telling me about this on text, but I'm going to just let you explain this for everybody at home. Um, Moose was a little business guy in college. This is awesome. So. I don't know can you see the screen yep yeah all right take it away
1: <laughs> yeah so this is uh this is my company FNBX and this is one of the our our, our mma uh slash boxing products and um it's basically just a, a hand wrap case slash roller uh for me you know in college actually all, all my life when i was fighting i, uh, I you know or training i would, I would train and after that, I would have to roll my hands up or roll my hand wraps up by hand, you know, and it was so, uh, so tedious. And obviously you just train, you're sweaty. You just want to, you just want to ball the wraps up and throw them in your bag, you know? And um, it, it, obviously, but then the next day comes around and now you have sweaty wraps and you have them all wrinkled up. And then when you go to wrap them there, you know, they're tough to wrap and it takes forever. So I was like, you know what, I, I need to make something that can, you know, it's portable, you can, you know, roll it up really quickly, can store them. And um, so my sophomore year, uh, actually a little bit before then we started the company, but my sophomore year, we we, we came up with this product, um, me and my business partner. And, you know, I had one day of practice, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make something for, it. I'm going to make something to, to solve this problem. <laughs> and I just remember going to the library and uh, reading books on, uh, you know, plastic engineering and uh you know uh they call it um it's like plastic thermodynamic like pores and stuff to, to test uh if the if the mold's gonna work. And uh, you know, I learned SolidWorks the software, that it's like a three D modeling software. I taught myself SolidWorks and that that whole I mean I spent months straight just kinda staying up and studying. And I finally designed this product sent it to a manufacturer. They were like, yeah, this is a feasible design. They, <laughs> I paid for a mold and they started manufacturing them. So have
0: one right here. Uh, nice. Had it ready. Oh, that's sick. So you just roll it right up. That's beautiful. That. Dude, like as you're talking about that, I mean, obviously, nice. Look at that. Anybody listening, you know, understands I think how impressive that is, dude, when I was in when I was in college, when I was a sophomore in college, I was drinking beer, eating terrible foods and playing video games like never once did I go to the library and think, you know what, I'm going to like solve a real problem in my life today. And I'm going to learn how to do it at the library. Like, that's it's crazy, man. Like, where did that. I mean, there's obviously something about you. You you mentioned, you know, obviously your boxing career, how you fell headfirst into wrestling. Now, how seriously you're taking uh, MMA. Obviously, there's something about you that's extremely driven. Like, where where did that come from for you? Why most guys, when they have a problem, they just buy something. They they don't think, how can I fix this for myself with a brand new product? You no, know I mean that that's unusual. Like, where did that come from?
1: I don't know, man. I kind of always just had that. Uh... I kind of always had that eye for, um, you know, I, I always even when I was younger, man. I mean, I'm gonna be an inventor, you know. Nice. I used to mess with mess with things and um, try to create little things. But um, you know, my basically the company started my my freshman year uh, with my buddy. His name's Alejandro. He was a he was a fencer. He was, he he was a fencer for Penn State. Nice. And I, I was a boxer. And um, so we combined our names together and called it Fenbox. Mm. Uh, so and then it's abbreviated FNBX. And so, you know, we the first product we were working on, which is we have a patent on, and, and it's uh, it's it's going to be going to be done soon. Was another problem I had, which was, you know, all my life there's you hear your boxing coach saying, keep your hands up, keep your hands up, you know, and the guys start to drop their hands basically it's a headband with sensors on it and when you raise your hand it, it alert, or it, when you raise your hand it doesn't do nothing when you start to drop it it alerts you you hear it wow. beep, so then you got to pick your hands right back like, up cool. so you know that we worked on we, we started working on that product and and then from then I was like you know what this is what I, this is what I want to do uh, as a career you know I want to design products and, and make them into a reality and solve a problem so from then you know we designed the basketball product uh that we currently are selling on the website it forces like a follow-through when you shoot yep so um, we have that product and then you know sophomore year of college came around you know it was a problem that i've always had you know like the messy hand wraps and stuff and i just remember i just remember being in our uh, in our facility like um and i was like rolling it up by hand and i'm like dude what am i doing man like i'm I need to make something for this you know and i remember telling someone like yo i'm gonna have a product done in a a month or so and they're like all right yeah Uh, right yeah
0: sure sure
1: and i'm like all right so then i just step by step you know just just like the i mean just google start googling stuff you know like (laughs) yeah you know started drawing the design how can i design this all right this software called solidworks so i have to design this now you know there's all kinds of stuff that you know you don't even think of like there's a hinge right here it's just a plastic hinge and you know maybe it's like on they have it on ketchup bottles and stuff like that but you don't never you never think of that you know how, how does how is this made how is this designed and so then each separate part I had to then go back like, oh man I gotta now learn how to make a they call it a living hinge mm-hmm. so then I had to study that the the dimensions to that and the plastic properties to make it fold upon itself and not crack and so it was just a a never-ending process but that that devotion to just you know get to the end and, and get the product done just stuck with me so I just kept kept grinding kept grinding and finally seeing that final product and like Let's go,
0: dude. That's it's insanely impressive, man. Are those are they all over ATT Happy Valley? Is that the only way you guys wrap hands there? <laughs>
1: yeah, for the most part, I get I give them the, I give them to the guys out there, whoever comes and trains. They uh, I'll, I'll hook them up with one.
0: Nice, that's great, man. And obviously,
1: once, it, you use it, once you use it, you'll never you'll never go back to running your hands. Like I think yesterday I gave I gave my I gave this one to someone, not this one, but I gave the one I used to, to a guy that was come that came to the gym, he's trading with us. I gave it to him. And as soon as I I gave it to him, I was like, dang, I was like,
0: yo, can I borrow that? I got to wrap my hands. I got to roll my hand wraps up. You just can't do it the old fashioned way. Now you've ruined hand wrapping for yourself. Yeah. But in a good way, you've completely improved it, actually, which is incredible, man. So I think you you mentioned it earlier to where, you know, you have this company and it allows you to train a little more without having to worry. Like you were saying, you're making income other ways. So I think that's huge, man. Did, Did you think about that actively as you were developing it? Were you like, this could, you know, be supplemental income, this could be my income, or did you literally just want to solve that problem at the time and never really think of it as a career, so to speak?
1: a little bit of both i mean the first the first problem that the first uh you know problem that we try to solve and the first product we made just came from you know i I was a freshman in college and i'm not even thinking about making money right you know but still that that drive to uh you know make something and make it a reality you know stuck with me so you know we we redesigned this product but obviously you know and the product after that was the basketball product the flick glove um i have a funny story about the flick glove It was a, we we were designing the product with the, the, the the boxing product for the, for keeping your hands up. And we basically, there's a lot of certifications you have to get to sell a tech, a tech product basically, or electronic products, you know, Mm. obviously you you want it to be safe um, with the battery or anything in there. So there's a lot of stuff you have to do. So I was like, man, you know what, I gotta, I gotta try to make a product in the meantime, so we're not sitting around doing, doing nothing, you know, waiting for these certificates and stuff. So certification. So I thought, you know, I used to play basketball for fun. And I'm like, I started asking, you know, trainers and stuff, you know, what's a, what's, what's a problem? Like, or, or ask him, can you, can you show me how to shoot a basketball? And he started outlining the steps. And the one thing he was talking about was a follow through. Follow through in your shot and shooting the ball. Or when you shoot the ball, creating the backspin. And I was like, all right, I got to make, I'm going to make a problem. I'm going to make a product to, to help with this. And then, so I came up with the same thing. I, I, I did like a little design on like a, a a 3d software program. And I had no money, no money at the time at all. So what I did was I was like, all right, I have to, uh, I got to figure this out somehow. So what I did was I took, I went to the library and I 3D printed like the molds, like the negative, the negative indents of these, of this, of the shape of the product. And I then bought this silicon. So between classes, I'm pouring a bunch of silicon into all these molds, like- (laughs) Oh my God. Pouring pouring the silicon into these molds. And my roommate at the time, uh, he was also a boxer. He was coming pissed. He's like, dude, man, like you're making a mess, man. Like, you know, he was also, he was a uh, Marine guy so obviously he wanted everything a certain way sure it was, like, it was just disgusting man like like I'm like I'm like bro like just give me like an hour like once it cures like the silicone just gonna be able to rip right up like don't even worry about it like uh, just give me an hour like, and it's right on it right on the, the kitchen table oh, man. and uh, but then when it was finished I'd squeegee it off take pull out the little things and package it myself we were sending them out in like FedEx and then after a while you know people were we're selling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And, uh, before you know it, we're able to save enough money to then get a mold done, you know, pay a couple grand to get a, a professional mold done in a, in, in a factory. And then from then on there, they made it, they're able to make it themselves. So from then, you know, I had some income and then I started working on this other product, pay for the mold for that product. And, uh, so yeah, man, it's just, uh, that was the, that was the, the, the story of the flick love. Uh, but yeah, now it allows me to, uh, with that product and uh, some other products, it like, gives me that freedom to, uh, to train and I have to work and, and things like that.
0: That's freaking nuts, man. Kudos to you for putting in that work. Like you said, literally pouring the silicone molds in, in, in your apartment, FedExing it all yourself. Like, dude, that it's a grind for sure. And, and as you said, it's paying off for you now. So it makes a lot of sense now and also allows you to develop these new products that are literally relevant for your own career which is i think that intersection of you know passion and business is where things get really special so it's like you're right in there
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and definitely you know plan on continuing fighting and making those connections and um i think it just goes hand in hand kind of that's why i really like this this sport you know you get to meet a lot of people a lot of different backgrounds a lot of different um specialties and experiences and you get to make those make those connections and kind of help each other out for sure
0: and just to show you guys how inventive he is i wanted to share one more thing from your instagram this is going to be a surprise for you but this is awesome (laughs) all right let's let's cue it up the best gender reveal i've ever seen in my life we we got to play this for you
1: Yeah, they had the music playing. <laughs> Boom! <Okay. laughs> That's when I knew Moses was.
0: That's so cool, man. Obviously, you know, huge moment for you and your family. I love people in the background yelling "blue, blue," and you know, having a son obviously meant a lot to you. With that, yeah. that was just. An awesome gender reveal, man. Kudos to that. Who thought of that?
1: Thank you, man. I, I think my wife did. My wife definitely did. She, she, um, uh, and I kind of just went overboard with it.
0: <laughs>
1: with <laughs> running around and playing yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, that's usually how it goes.
0: That's fun, dude. I, I thought that was awesome. I saw that. I was like, man, that's the most, like if you're a boxer, that's the coolest gender reveal ever. That's way cooler than. I don't know whatever people usually do just breaking a balloon out in a field or whatever. Like, like that was cool.
1: Yeah. That, that guy in the video, he's the one that, uh, is getting on me about the Silicon Ian. Nice. He's crazy dude. He actually boxes for the Marina uh, Marine Academy right now.
0: That's great. That's cool, man, that you've made all those connections. You've obviously done a lot and the best part of it, at least, you know, from my perspective, I'm sure from your perspective is it's, this is the beginning for you. Like you've done, so much already it seems like you've made so many connections so many inroads both in business and fighting but dude this is totally the beginning for you so obviously we're super excited to see where it goes from here whether you you know if you end up fighting for us obviously we would absolutely love that if not we're going to support you all the same man your career is super interesting and we hope to get you in the cage soon
1: awesome man. yeah i appreciate you inviting me on and also just giving giving me and our guys opportunity uh, to fight uh, in the future. And we definitely would love, uh, unfortunately, couldn't, you know, couldn't fight on this car. Um, I think we have maybe one guy that, that, that trains with us. Mm-hmm. He might uh, be fighting, but so I'll definitely come, come and support him. But uh, nice. other than that, uh, hopefully in the future, I definitely love to love to come out and, uh, and fight
0: for sure. Yeah. Mike, Mike Kojanchik. Kojo is on the card. So he he trains at ATT Happy Valley a little bit as well as uh React BJJ. So he's good, man. We've had him before actually. He fought he actually lost his MMA debut on our card but fought a super tough guy, Jay Manning and took him to a decision. A lot of people thought that he was like super outmatched in that, honestly, but he showed up and was awesome. Like we actually Ryan and I our owner we were just talking about this the other day. It was like, dude, Kojo actually like raised his stock in a loss. Like most people, you know, that usually doesn't happen, but he still lost the decision, but everybody that watched it, that was like in tune with it was like, dude, Kojo is super legit. Like that, he made that a way closer fight than most Mm -hmm. people thought. So we're excited to see what he's got up his sleeve and obviously you and your return. I don't, I mean, you get the submission, you know, I hear this all the time, like wrestlers will get a knockout and then they think that they just want to knock everybody out. Right. Like they, they forget yeah. that they're wrestlers. Do you have like an itch to just submit people now? Like, did that give you the, the bug to just go out and start choking dudes? I don't know. I think it's the opposite. I'm like, I didn't get a knockout yet. <laughs> I, I want to, I, I'm like, I Bo got a knockout.
1: I'm like, damn, I'm the, I'm the boxer. And I, I didn't even get a knockout. Come on. I got to step my game up. Getting but out of the box. It was it was good to it was just good to uh, have a validation of all the training and uh, you know have a guy shoot and be able to handle that and obviously finish with the submission. Obviously that was that was that was, uh, that was big. So, uh, but going forward, every fight's just uh, another fight. And take a step by step as the fight progresses. Wherever it has to go, that's where it has to go. But you know you kind of go in with the game plan and. For me, obviously, I have a background in boxing. Obviously, that's going to play a huge role in, in how I fight. But uh, I have, you know, with all the guys and my coaches, it just gives me the ability to to take the fight wherever, wherever it, needs to, it needs to go.
0: Yeah, we love that, man. Like I said, you know, repeatedly, I feel like throughout this podcast, what you guys are doing there at ATT Happy Valley is just – it's awesome. And it's showing in your performances already, which – Everybody can, you know, train hard and say they're doing the right things, but they always say, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Like you guys are going out there and actually showing it in your performances. I think, like you said, Bo getting a knockout, you getting a submission, what else could possibly speak to the level of training better than that? So you guys are doing something really special, man. Like I said, we're super excited for the next step. Hopefully it's for us, of course, but if not, you know, we're still going to see you, like you said, February 5th, supporting your guys. So you'll get to come out to a show, man. I'm excited to see you again. I appreciate you coming on the show, man.
1: Definitely, man. Have a blessed day. You too.
0: For sure, man. I can't wait. I'm going to be watching for Little Man's Next Piano Recital, too. Uh, That's like my number one Instagram watch now.
1: (laughs) Crazy, right, man? Still (laughs) blows my mind. Like, dude, starting to walk. and starting to, like, you know, I don't know, have some expressions on my tank. Dude, I got a a human now, you know. But it's also (laughs) crazy. He's starting to walk around and touch outlets and obviously you gotta cover everything up and baby proof the house and now it's like hey this is this is legit like yeah, you,
0: awesome, you got it man you're, you're creating companies as a freshman in college you know you're coming out submitting dudes as a boxer in your mma debut i think you can handle fatherhood you got this <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> all right man thanks again we'll uh, we'll chat soon all
1: right Take all right
0: la- later brother